0: All righty, we're doing a yoga session with Flow. One of the ways that people enter or advance their mental health journey is yoga and meditation. I know I know for myself, uh, it's been sort of an evolution of different things um, from life coach to journaling to exercise. And I feel like yoga and meditation for me has been this new level of awareness in, in that in that space, and so wanted to do a session to get an expert's thoughts on the benefits. want to learn about flow's journey, uh, and just really expand our minds around around this practice. So appreciate you uh, coming out and and, and teaching us some things.
1: Thank you for having me. I am happy to be here, and thank you for joining me on this mini flow. So let's stand at the top of our map. Allow your feet to come together comfortably. With a deep breath in, inhale, raise up through the spine. As you exhale, close down the eyes. (sighs) On the next breath in, inhale, take the shoulders up towards the ears. Both shoulders go up, up, up. As you exhale, pull them back, draw them back, squeeze those shoulder blades and then (sighs) release. Nice. Let's do that one more time. Deep breath in, shoulder blades will go up. Pull them back, chest lifts proudly, proud. And exhale, take the weight of the world off of your shoulders. Yes, feel that one more time. Deep breath in, pull it back and relax. So that sensation right there is what did it for me yeah that relaxation that taking the weight of the world off of my shoulders that was my introduction to yoga and why i became an instructor and a practitioner
0: yeah that that was good and you actually that was my first question was gonna what what brought you to actually was there like a thing that happened in your life that made you want to come into it because it's a it's a pretty i feel like leading edge practice for the time that we're in now for, for our community
1: right So we'll continue with our flow as we discuss. So I got into yoga. Let's take our arms up and reach up, reach up, reach up, reach up, up, get tall. Exhale, bring it down. I got into it because I ruptured my Achilles tendon. (sighs) One more time. Deep breath in. It was a freak accident. Wasn't anything cool or major. I don't have a cool story behind it. I was literally dancing in the kitchen. But I ruptured my Achilles and I couldn't do this. Take your weight until you're Left leg, we're gonna inhale, raise our arms up, right leg, flex your toes, spine is straight, and bring it down. One more time, deep breath in, opposite side, weight goes up. I literally couldn't do this, it was like (laughs) when I started, and this is why I got into it. That injury led me to this practice, and then I started to see the benefits of the relaxation, the stress relief, and I was like, you know what? I can do this. So then I started to realize that as I got older, bring your hands towards your knees. As I got older, I needed to become more flexible because things that bend don't break. I started to see the people around me really struggle with function, mobility, simple movements. And I knew as I got older, I didn't want to be like that.
2: My name is Georgette Dunn, and I'm the owner and CEO of Flow Mind, Body, Soul. This is my big dream coming to fruition. I fell in love with yoga many years ago, 2005 to be exact. I'll never forget the moment that I walked into this studio. It was in Toronto. Um, I just wanted to sweat and had no idea that I would be transformed by this one-hour class in, in such a integrated way, like my mind felt better. My body was exhausted, but my spirit felt light. And so when I came back the following day, I got the same feeling. And and, and I kept on looking forward to coming back to the next class. And I realized then that I was hooked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just had never found any form of physical movement touch my spirit in that way. And it's not like I was in a class where the teacher spoke to that. It was just the act of breathing and moving and being consciously aware of what I was doing. I think that it's very easy to coast in your life and yoga will force you to stop and pause. And I was drawn to that. I was in marketing and public relations, uh, corporate communications and into online marketing. And so being in that field was stressful, yes, like any other corporate career. But yoga was something that I had picked up while I was knee-deep in it and experiencing the highs and lows of being in that industry. But I would then go to yoga right after work and it was like I got to wash away the stresses of the day. And there was a different light in me uh, that shined brightly when it came to me talking about yoga versus me talking about what I did in my profession. and. I knew that I would eventually do yoga teacher training, but like most people, you are passionate about something outside of your career, but you never know when you're gonna make that passion your full career. Um, But that, that desire was birthed a long time ago. So when I did make the decision to do my first teacher training some, oh my gosh, six years after taking my first class, I dove right in because it was something that I had long wanted and then finally gave myself
0: permission to go after it. And, and so from the benefits of yoga, and you kind of mentioned some, but if you want to elaborate and, and you can use the context of benefits that you've specifically seen in your life and benefits you've seen people who've come to you, maybe like what are some of the reasons they've come to you and what are the benefits?
2: It's interesting, right? Because I think everyone has their own journey to yoga, meditation, wellness, et cetera. And it's something that happens for everyone, which is that shift to I'm more more consciously aware of what's taking energy from me or what's pouring back into me. What I see when people come in and they start practicing, there's typically uh, a couple of steps that happen. People are usually like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore, I'm so tight. And that is that awareness that clicks in, like, oh, my gosh, I've been holding on to this. Wow, I I need to make a change. And so once that starts to happen, then they start to tune into the benefits once they continue to practice. They're like, I'm able to mitigate and manage my stress better. I'm able to rest better. I feel more energized in the day. I... I'm now speaking differently. Even my gait, my walk, my shoulders are rolling back. So once I get people to see and pay attention to their physical changes, then it goes beyond that. And it goes into what's happening inside. And for someone to stick with this and make a lifestyle change, I feel like personally, I've seen it and I can attest to it in my own life, but I've seen it also in the studio. Once people feel the changes emotionally, spiritually, then they are going to practice for the rest of their lives. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be doing teacher training and becoming a yoga teacher, but they are going to keep it a part of whatever they currently do is going to stay there as an addition.
3: My name is Elsa Thompson. I am the founder and owner of The Aura House, a yoga and meditation studio located in Cedar Hill, Texas.
0: All right, now, how'd you get into yoga and meditation?
3: Oh, gosh, my journey into yoga and meditation is very personal. Um, I always grew up pretty anxious and I just thought that was normal. (laughs) I was also a perfectionist growing up and I just thought that was normal. You strive and you push and you go through and so, I learned how to function at a very high stress level. And that took me all the way through my career. I was able to mobilize really quickly through my career and was really successful and just been able to push through. But then I became a mom. And when I became a mother, motherhood hit me. It was something that I, you know, I couldn't get an A on. I couldn't get a promotion doing. Um, It was something that I had to sit back and just, breathe and figure out how i can take care of myself but still show up for my family in the process and so for me it was a a, honestly a, a way to survive motherhood i was drowning in motherhood um you know being a senior level executive being a wife and now being a mom i was losing myself and so meditation allowed me to just like help regulate my emotions um But also through the process of meditation, I realized like there's things that I wanted to unlearn because um, I didn't want to pass these these things on to my son. And so this, this need to go, go, go and be busy, um, I didn't want to pass that on. And so it forced me to like slow down, realize what I need to unlearn. And so meditation became a huge part of that. But also the physical aspect of uh, my practice. So yoga really came from feeling a disconnect in my body because of motherhood. My body was no longer mine. I was breastfeeding. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> um, and so... I had to really connect back to myself. And so that's what kind of pushed me into meditation and yoga um, from a personal standpoint of just equipping myself with the tools necessary to navigate the realities of life. But then I realized that through my own journey, there's a lot of people, specifically people of color, that are not explicitly taught to slow down, that are not explicitly taught to deal with our own trauma, to deal with our own anxiety or depression, It's something you just, you know, you just swipe it off. You don't cry, you just push through, you just go. Um, And so through my journey, I just came across other people who were like, I'm drowning too. Um, I don't know what to do either. And so I took it upon myself to just like, let me create a space where people can just show up and just be, but most importantly, get concrete tools to help them navigate their realities. And so that kind of birthed um, the Aura House. And so it's been a great... Great community that I've been able to build, but most importantly, a safe community for people to just show up and get what they need physically, mentally, and emotionally to feel whole.
0: It's, it's interesting you say that because I got into it for mobility, for Muay Thai. Oh, yes. And, and and as you're talking, I realized, like, we grew up with this, with this, I guess, belief, expectation, opinion, whatever you want to call it, that as we get older, things have to break down. That's not really true, because then I started looking into all these other cultures where people are super flexible and super flexible um, into their 80s, 90s, and 100s. And I was like, oh, this... We don't have to get older and break down.
1: Right. Walk your hands over to the left. So, yes, I have seen documentaries about people in their hundreds who get up and down with ease. But obviously there's quite the mindset that, you know, older people sit in a chair, they can't get up. I literally threw my back out trying to reach for trying to pick up a suitcase. (laughs) And I was like, this can't be it. This ain't it for me. I'm not going out like this. (laughs) Yes. So check your alignment. Make sure your shoulders is aligned to your wrists. Yoga is all about angles. You know, Drake said, watch your angles. Make sure your knees are above your hips, right? This is one of my favorite postures. It taps into the core. Keep your gaze down towards the mat. Take a deep breath in, press the mat away. Spread your fingers wide, press your mat away. As you exhale, kick back something of the past. Kick it back behind you. Allow your toes to point down. Yes, keep your glute leveled. And then deep breath in. I want you to reach for something tangible. Perhaps it's that money. Perhaps it's the new car. Perhaps it's the house. Deep breath in. Exhale, place the hand and knee down and wiggle those hips from side to side. Come back to that mobility and flexibility. And then let's go to the opposite side. Once again, spreading those fingers firmly as we press the mat away. As you exhale, once again, kick back something behind you that needs to stay back there and reach for something intangible. The things that money can't buy, perhaps it's love, Perhaps it's patience. What you'll notice is that in order to maintain your balance, you have to tap into your core, right? Tap into your core strength, your core values, and the core of who you are. So for me, yoga became like an opportunity for me to tune the outside world out and tap into me, the only thing I can control.
0: It it, it reminds me of being a kid again where you can just like Told it be, you know, our kids are just silly and just do things that that just, they feel inspired, they do something, and you go, why'd you do that? I don't really know.
1: And I think that's the thing. For me, yoga is just about feeling good. It's just like, if if I want to do this, and, you know, I I tell my class, I'm like, get frisky, get frisky. Like, if you want to do all that, like, I'm not, Uh it doesn't have to be linear or one thing. Left leg extends behind us. Reach for that intangible thing. Extend yourself. Really reach for it. Deep breath in, exhale, pull it towards you. Pull in that love, release hate. Pull in confidence, release doubt. Pull in strength and release worry. Nice, place it all down. And once again, wiggle those hips from side to side.
0: I love that you use the word regulate your emotion. Can, can you mm-hmm. talk more about that um, specifically, if you don't mind, uh, people use other things to regulate their emotions too, and you chose to do it internally. So please speak on that.
3: Yes. So, um, you know, emotions are real and it's important that we feel them. And I think sometimes, especially in black communities, you're like told to like shut down your emotions. And so when you finally feel them, then they're really big. Um, and so for me, having big emotions, I would, you know, didn't know how to necessarily cope. And so meditation is being still became like my vice. And what I've realized is that when I work with other clients, some people do take other ways to deal with their emotions, you know, so they might, you know, indulge in substances. They might become stress eaters. Um, they might, you know, don't even realize that they have an emotional regulation problem. They're just like, oh, this is just who I am. I just, I'm stressed out. Like, no, you. we need to like learn tools to deal with that. And so emotional regulation is paramount to relationships, to success and career, because you're gonna get triggered. <laughs> Life is going to trigger you. You can't control the outside factors. You can only control how you respond to them. And so being able to regulate your emotion and your response honestly gives you power and so i i think emotional regu- regulation is a tool of empowerment you're, if you're able to really hone in on how you want to respond to something that's a powerful place a powerful pl- powerful place to be to allow you to dictate how you're going to respond how you're going to react instead of letting outside factors do that and i think sometimes we give too much power to these outside fact- factors to regulate you know to dysregulate our emotions and so meditation mindfulness um is a way to just get that power back Mm
0: -hmm. and and so there are people that maybe resist meditation and yoga you may be more what are some of the reasons that you feel like they resisted and what are some of the things that you've seen people use to at least just get there and experience that peace for the first time?
3: Got it, no, thank you. That's a great question. Cause I do get a lot of people like, uh, oh, meditation. I don't know how to, that's the big one. I can't turn my mind off. Um, I can't sit still. I have, you know, I. they've tried meditation and it feels like it doesn't work or they're doing it wrong. Um, so that's definitely a big avenue. And the way that I address that one is like, you're not shutting your mind out. You're creating space between your thoughts. And over time, you'll create longer space. So when the thought comes in, acknowledge it, and then reconnect back to your breath. That allows people to feel a little bit more successful in meditating, because they're like, oh, well, I can't turn my brain off. You're human, of course you can't. But we can work on creating longer spaces between each thought, and in that space is where you find that sense of regulation. I think another reason why a lot of people might not indulge in meditation is they think it has a religious aspect to it. Like, oh, I'm a Christian or I'm, you know, I have a certain faith, I can't meditate. And for me, I am a Christian and I meditate. And for me, I think meditation is a tool that helps me get more connected um, to my higher power. Um, A relationship is about commitment, right? I'm sorry, communication. So the most important tool of uh, relationships is communication. And if you're only praying, and you don't create space to listen, then how are you doing your part to cultivate that relationship with your higher power? And for me, meditation has allowed me to be still and receive and to listen. Um, And so that's when when I share that orientation, that helps people feel like, okay, maybe I can do this. People need to understand that meditation is secular (laughs) um, and it's just a tool to help us just like ease our thoughts and create stillness and force us to be present. But those have been the two biggest barriers. I think another one that comes up a lot when people meet me is like, oh, I never met a black meditation teacher or a black yoga teacher. And so they feel like the space isn't for them. Um, and so that was important for me to, um, you know, become a teacher. So go from just practicing meditation and yoga to becoming a practitioner um, of that. Is representation does matter, and it does it does allow a safe space to be created, and it kind of opens the doors for people who maybe never would have, you know, dabbled in yoga or meditation. They feel a little bit more comfortable because the re- representation is there. And so those have been the three big factors that I've noticed.
0: It's funny, people who haven't seen me in two or three years because of the blip, you know, the COVID, they'll see me and they'll say, uh, they, they'll call me like Benjamin Button. They'll be like, you look younger. Da, 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 da. And, and that's what you said, like yoga and meditation. I feel like, I'm like, I feel I feel like you I feel felt different. in college. Yeah, I, I feel more carefree. I, I know at least me, when, when my uh, Thai boxing coach first said, do yoga, I was like, I don't got time for that, like it, it, it's too slow, like I'm going to freak out, you know, because it's, it's like going so slow, I got things going on, you know, and I just had a lot of resistance to it. Is there any, anything that, that you can say or speak to that will kind of help people overcome that, that mental hurdle, right? Because part of what I'm doing in the documentary is I know the benefits of it, and I'm like, we need to do it because this is just the next step in our evolution of, of, of healing mentally.
2: I always say that I'm not trying to force people to love yoga. I'm just encouraging them to pause long enough to feel themselves breathe. If we take it back to like the simplicity aspect of it, then it doesn't seem so daunting and so scary. Yoga is intimidating. You're going to go into a room in front of people, usually that don't look like you, and you're forced to sit with yourself. Most of us are not even consciously aware of how we coast through our day, how we shallow breathe. And now you want me to be vulnerable, open, in front of a strange room with people saying words that I don't understand. Uh, it's not like we're learning Sanskrit in school, correct? So I just try in my my way of teaching is to be very approachable and down to earth and to make people feel wanted in the room that I'm teaching in. And that means just something as simple as looking them at them in the face, asking them what their name is, um, and disarming people with humor, that really helps. But more than anything, I feel like it's our responsibility for these studio owners as well to make their practices welcoming and opening to people of all different backgrounds, sizes, races, creeds, etc. My hope when I was opening the studio is that someone saw a Black woman open up a studio downtown that they would be like, if she can do this and she looks like me, why am I not there? I can be there. And when I first started teaching in Dallas, there was, oh my gosh, I could count on one hand how many Black yoga instructors there were in Dallas. And that has exploded as of late. There's many more. And that, for me, just makes it feel, I feel like I've been doing my work. I feel that I'm trying to be more of the solution to bringing wellness to our culture, to people that look like us. Um, And sometimes it's a slow adoption. (laughs) But the more we have discussions like this, where they see us talking about it and so engaged and passionate, it's like a light turns on. Like, hey, I want some of whatever they're doing, you know? Um, And the more that we, we, we bring yoga to places and spaces that we might be in, but we don't even realize that yoga could be there as well. So whether that's yoga in the park, there's a lot of different organizations that do that. Um, Yoga even partnering with like the downtown parks, that's something that our studio will be doing. So I think it's also being more visible with what we're trying to do and what we're trying to share.
3: If your thoughts are constantly in the future and you're thinking all about the what ifs and what's next, that creates anxiety, right? If you're constantly thinking about the past, that creates depression. So mindfulness and meditation allows you to be present. And so that helps you minimize a lot of the stress of thinking about, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't happen? What It stops your mind from spiraling either forward or backward, and it keeps you in the moment. So the practice in and of itself is to force you to think about right now, I'm gonna be fully engulfed in this moment. And that can help eliminate our mind from creating stressful situations or creating stressful thoughts. So that's one way that it's just a very practical practice of just like, I'm not gonna think about tomorrow. It's not here yet. Let me just focus on right now. Why am I stressing about tomorrow or next week when right now I'm engaging in this conversation. I wanna be fully present and give my all here. So that can definitely help um, ease with stress in a practical way. I think another thing is that the body keeps the score. Stress shows up physically for our bodies. If you are a caregiver or you have a lot of responsibilities that will show up in your shoulders, if you have a lot of stress or emotional trauma that will show up in your hips and your lower back. And so being able to physically release that is also helpful. So that's where the yoga practice is extremely important as well. Or just any type of physical movement to help us just relieve the stress that we trap in our bodies. There's people walking around, they're like, are stressed or oh, I'm just not flexible. It's like, okay, you're probably not flexible, but also you could be holding some trapped emotions that you haven't dealt with. So it forces you to like physically release those things as well. Um and I think another part um that just helps with the stress management is that <laughs> when you're still it forces you to feel. Right? And the way that you have to move through stress or move through difficult times because they're It's going to happen. That's life. Life is stressful. Sometimes you have to feel it to push through it Um, and then having the the practices to be mindful and to be calm can allow you to respond to it more effectively. So it's not going to get rid of the stress. I think sometimes people come to class like, oh I'm stressed, like Elsa take it away. And I'm like, that's not how this works. (laughs) I'm going to create the space for you to slow down you're gonna feel it in your body. You're gonna release. We're gonna breathe. We're gonna do all these things, and when you leave out of here, you have a clearer head to then tackle that stressful situation in a more proactive and productive way. And so, I think that's um, how yoga and meditation can help
0: you address stress. Got it. I remember the question now. So you're talking about thoughts and space between thoughts, and I, and if you don't mind, I want you to speak further on this because this. I want to talk about it in the context of confidence mm. because if, if you, if, and I'm giving background and context so you can answer it in a way that the whole question might not go on here, but I feel like confidence has like been one of my natural superpowers mm. because I just naturally didn't judge myself because I was never judged from the people who loved me. Right. And so I was okay with making mistakes or quote unquote, looking foolish in a relative sense. Right. But mm. not until I got into meditation, that I understand, oh, like my awareness is not my expression, which is my expression is the evolution of my thoughts. So can you like elaborate on that? Because that's, that was like eye opening to me where I am not my thought.
3: Mm-hmm, love that. Yes, we are not our thoughts. Um... Thoughts are perception, and they're impacted by things in our conscious and subconscious. So experiences, um, messages that we receive from people, from society, and things of those nature, uh, things of that nature. And so, if you're able to slow down enough to hear and feel your thought, you can then decipher: Am I this thought, or is that something impacted by something else? And I think that's a that is a benefit of meditating. You're able to decipher between the two. Um, if you don't have a strong meditative practice, or if you're like me, always in your head, <laughs> this is why I meditate, I can start spiraling. I can start at- attaching feelings or judgment to these thoughts and then begin to internalize those things. And it can impact your confidence. and impacts how I show up, impacts how I feel about myself. Instead of stopping and saying, oh, I hear that, mm I'm not gonna give that any intention. That's actually not me, and I let it go. And so one thing that you'll hear in a lot of meditation classes, uh, specifically in mine, I was like, acknowledge the thought, take what you need from it, then let it go. And I think that's a practice, not only in meditation, but I use that <laughs> throughout life, right? If I've, someone says something to me, mm, I hear it, I'm gonna take what I need, but all that other stuff. No, I'm not gonna let it impact me. Um, and so just meditation and yoga in general is a personal, like I mentioned, it's a very personal practice that led me here. But as I teach it, I, I try to empower my clients. Like, What do you need? What do you need to do for you? And when it comes to your thoughts, same thing. What do you need to take from that? Okay. If that message isn't serving you, then let it go because that's a thought. That's not who you are. Or in your body, you want to do something today? You want to challenge yourself? Great. And if you don't, that's okay too because we're not going to judge our bodies. We're going to just show up. And so it creates a lot of, like you said, this self-awareness that I think we lose because we're just over, you know, saturated (laughs) with so many messages that sometimes you need space to be able to separate that. And I think through a meditation practice, mindfulness practice, prayer journal, whatever you want to call it, just finding that stillness allows you to be better at deciphering what's real, what's your reality and what's not.
0: So you 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 mentioned earlier in a conversation that being a, like I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, I've never had a paycheck, and a lot of people look at somebody in business, an entrepreneur, and they go, "Man, you must have a lot of money!" And uh, like you have no clue. Like there's there's <laughs> ebbs and flows. There's times with lots of money, and there's times where instead of doing date night at Papados, we were doing date night at you know Razzu's. So, you know, <laughs> he
2: said Razzu's. I said at the crib.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, or at the crib. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so, having a you mentioned before, you're an entrepreneur in the relative early stage of being an entrepreneur. And you mentioned yoga so has been really beneficial for you. So, kind of expand on that.
2: It's interesting when your passion uh, is also your career, which is also the thing that I'm investing all of my blood, sweat, and tears in. And so, I was laughing the other day because I was very stressed out about stuff about running a new business and all the intricacies of that. And then I went in to go teach my class and it was like my stress melted away. And one of the students had commented and she was like, wow, you're like a different person now. (laughs) Because she saw how I was at the beginning of class to the end. And it's not that yoga wipes away everything that's happening in your life that might be uncomfortable. It could highlight the tension and the stress and the strain and then slowly chip away at it. Um, And then gives you a little bit more room, more freedom to be, to feel, to breathe, and to go about attacking this monster (laughs) of a hill. And that's, to me, what entrepreneurship is like, constantly climbing a hill. You might stop a little bit along the way. There might be a little bit of like a valley. You're like, and then you're climbing back again. And so yoga is kind of just like, it's in my tool belt with all the other things that I'm doing to help strengthen me for this journey. Honestly, I'm exhausted. Um, I think that entrepreneurs are in this like small little group of people that are just going for it. And it can be lonely at times. I think that we need to actively check in with each other as entrepreneurs because usually whatever is a problem that you're having, I might understand, relate, or even have some guidance on how to navigate your way through that. And so I was been joking about wanting to start an entrepreneur support group. (laughs) And the way that I could lend support was to provide them a space to get that mental break and to come here and get out of the doing and get into the feeling of what's happening inside of the body and then work that work your way through it. And so, yeah, that's a kind of a loaded question. How am I? Kind of depends minute to minute lately. (laughs) But also trying to understand that in order to make effective decisions as an entrepreneur, your mind needs to be clear. And so remembering that I have to continue to pour back into my own wellness, i.e. even practicing by myself, meditating still, prayer is the most powerful tool, and then getting real clear about setting
0: time boundaries. What I have learned and admired from all the yoga instructors I've met and that, that, that have taught me, which have been all women... I've always been a mentally disciplined um, person, which which meant my mental discipline and my desire was strong enough to override my emotions. Which people might go, "Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do." And I'm learning, no, like vulnerability is power, or or at least being honest about how you feel. Yes, and um and that's like like when you're honest about how you feel, it's like freeing, right? Because then there's no Like you know where you are. Exactly. You know, and and that's what I'm hearing from you. That's what I'm just learning and admiring this interview. It's just Man, it just holds up a big mirror
2: to your face. Like, okay. The only person you're fooling is yourself. So what are you gonna do? Um, and that's why some people aren't comfortable in in yoga. Because it it really is like you're at some point in time, what's been What's been buried will just be unearthed and it can happen in a pose. You're like, what am I feeling? What's going on? (laughs) And I've seen that happen. And I've also felt that myself.
0: Well, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out to uh, hang out and and share with us. It's been super helpful.
2: It's been my pleasure.
3: When I decided to open the studio, my biggest fear is that this would feel like work. Because I've done this for so long, you know, pop-up events, private clients. But to open a physical location, I was like, I don't want to lose the enjoyment and the the passion that I have because it feels like a job now. And when I say every time I walk through those doors and I see my clients, I'm like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and what I wanna do. Um, it's been a blessing to be able to live out my passion. It just happens to be what I do for work. And I hope that everyone could ever, can get to that place where they're passionate about something and they can also make money from it, and but also make an impact. But I get refueled by the work that I do every single day. Every single day. Um, because I know that these practices are important I know that these practices are powerful and in the community and the clientele that I serve, it's a need for us to be equipped with ways to regulate our emotions, to deal with the triggers and stresses of the world, to not only fill up our cup, but to be an overflow. That is necessary and powerful uh, for the community that I serve. And so that fills that feels me up but it is hard at times for sure. Not gonna sit up here and say that it's not, but I don't want this to feel like work. Um, And I've been able to just like stay connected to my why. And that really drives me.
0: That's good. I'm gonna ask one more question. This is, I got time for one more. You mentioned this and I think, I I didn't ask anybody else this, but you triggered it just now. I, I wanna ask about the context of like, so, Regulate learning to regulate your emotions and the benefit of your relationships because I feel like um uh, In in relationships where they're not Balanced you have two people that are looking from something that are looking to get something from someone else to regulate their own emotion Their emotions which may work for a period of time, but there's resentment. So can, can you talk about the benefits of both one just one person regulating your own emotions and how that helps your relationships.
3: Oh gosh. Um, so, like I mentioned, I think reg- regulating your emotions is the most important tool that we can have because you're going to get triggered um, in your relationships, work relationships, you know, romantic relationships, mother son relationships. Um, you're going to be impacted. And so, it is important um, because if you are able to like pause, get yourself together before you respond. You can come in a place that's from a place of empathy or of care, or you can take a moment and say, you know what, I'm not gonna respond right now because you don't have to. You don't have to. And I think sometimes we are reactive when we're responding from a triggered standpoint or an emotional standpoint. When you have the opportunity to like take a moment, whether it's through deep breathing or whatever technique you decide to use, but you just kind of like, i am going to take a moment before i respond you're able to be a little bit more intentional um, with your response that's going to be very beneficial in relationships especially with people that you love and you care about you don't want to come from a place of react um, being reactionary because that can you know definitely can create more tension in the conversation it might not go to a productive place um, and so it definitely helps with with the relationship building for sure i also think when it comes, and I can speak very transparently about just me and my my sons I have three boys, very big personalities, and they love mommy, but they, they're still learning how to regulate theirs. And so it's important for me to model that for them. Because if I'm reacting based off something that they did, they're just gonna internalize my reaction and think that that's okay. And so not only from just like, our relationship standpoint, but you want to model the behaviors of how you want people to respond to you. So there's definitely times now when I see my son, he'll, like, <sighs> he'll take a deep breath before he says something to his brother. And I'm like, okay, good. He caught himself before he said something that was gonna get him in trouble. Um, but that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. And I think through our relationships, we're telling people how in our response to people, we're telling them how we expect them to respond to us. So responding with kindness. So that means if you need to take a moment before responding, that's okay. Do that. Cause that's going to be for the benefit of the relationship.
0: Mm, and I think we wrapped up, but I, I love that you do that with your boys. Cause that's, that's what I do. You don't, you don't, I took the stance of like not whooping, like not whooping my kids, mm-hmm. which I don't.
3: Well, soft parenting is that, is that what they're saying now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 Gentle parenting. And, and, and when I got
0: whooped, I got, you know, it was out of love. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he would wait 30 minutes, talk to me. It was intentional, but I'm saying to say, I just I found I was like, no, I don't have to whoop them if I if I I model that, and I help them work through that, which may seem soft, but I'm like, no, it works. Like my son can get ready to go out the deep end as a teenager, catch himself. He's not nowhere near perfect, but he's better than most adults. He's better than me at 20.
3: And I, and you have to you have to equip them with the tools because they're gonna be they're gonna be grown ups one day, mm-hmm. and you don't. You want them to know how to regulate their emotions because, once again, you're going to get triggered. But I love when I catch my boys when they're like with each other and they're just like, (sighs) I'm like, yeah, take take a minute. And I'm just watching and they'll look at me and I'm like, I'm just going to go to my room and calm down. I was like, yeah, you do that because he knows, like, do you want to just take a minute to get yourself together before you respond or you respond just you want to win?
0: You want to, like, mm-hmm. trigger
3: your brother and win in that moment. And now both of y'all are in trouble. So, um, no, I'm glad that you do that with your with your kids. And I'm, um, I hope more people, you know, regardless of how people decide to, like, you know, raise their children, we as adults need regulating, like, self-regulation skills. So the sooner you can teach it to kids, the better off they'll be as adults.
1: High-five all the way down. Corrupt this bad boy up. Come to a plank pose. Drop the knees. Come into a child's pose as we relax. Child's pose as we tap into our childlike nature where we're innocent, where we haven't a care in the world. We find our calm in this place. Tapping into our breath. This is the technique that Provided the calm from the storm, provided the peace that I needed from my corporate job was finding breathing techniques, finding my breath. When coworkers would get on my nerves, I would just take three deep breaths. <laughs> right? <laughs> Kids getting on your nerves? Family getting on your nerves? Take a deep breath.
0: <laughs> take a deep breath. It's funny. So this is this is literally the one I go to whenever I'm uh, doing my, my morning routine. I, I like finishing here, because like you said, it's just super relaxing. I don't know what it is about it.
1: Right, it is. You tap inward, so like I said, where you can't control the outward in this moment, you have an opportunity to bow your head humbly and tune inward to what's going on within you. Let's come onto our knees. Toes curl under. We're gonna place our hands on our lower back. Squeeze the shoulder blades, lift the chest, push the hips forward exhale when i was in yoga teacher training this is camel pose the full posture is to grab the tops of your feet and to really push out it made me cry (laughs) after holding it there's such an emotional release within the hips it just made me just cry like a baby bring it in and yoga became that thing in which i realized i could identify stuff within me that I wasn't able to identify before. Some deep-rooted emotions, my triggers. I started to see that. I started to be less judgmental of myself because what we did today, tomorrow I may not even be able to do that, (laughs) you know, or struggle with doing it. And so it gave me that level of acceptance and understanding that I'm just a human being having a human experience. Every day, every moment is different. And for me to not stress about what's to come, but just really be at peace with the present moment and try my best to maximize that present moment.
0: And, and, and how and how much of that do you think, when you look out at society and the and and stand the, your legs out. Okay, And the in the world um, is like needed today because I feel like everybody's judging. How do I how do I say it like? You can tell people who judge themselves hard because they judge others super harshly. Yes. And that's, going, that's a lot going on in the world today.
1: That is a lot going on. And um, unfortunately, you have to do the work. You have to do the work, like I said, to work on yourself. I think like in a Japanese proverb, they say like 1% personal development every day, 1%. So where if you lose your patience, right? Of course, we know you're not just one day gonna wake up and like, oh, I got all the patience in the world. But how are you gonna inch by inch, day by day get there? It's the same thing with me being flexible. Take your fingertips up towards the sky. As you exhale, lean from the hips and reach towards your feet, ankles, or your shins. Wherever you're at today, your ankles, your knees, your shins, and relax. Like that. Right, good metaphor. So. We begin here. Some people are here. Some people are here. Over time with practice, 1% each day, you get towards the ankle. You get towards the feet. You can bring your feet together and really clasp your hands Mm. and relax. So find peace in this posture and sway from side to side. This feels good on my lower back. When I just sway from side to side, I feel like a grandma singing like her old little hmm just like her old little hymn swing so from side to side <laughs> but it feels good doesn't
0: it it does, feel it does. that's a good that's a good visual but yeah and, and i and i like how you use the analogy of um i tend to think it's like there there's no ending to what we call mental healing or like getting better because it's, it's, it's like an ongoing evolutionary process that really no end.
1: So what you said earlier, the question, and I'm not sure if I answered it correctly, people who judge themselves, others, or judge themselves harshly, harshly and judge others are some way seeking a sense of perfection. Mm. And I think once you realize there is no perfection, because your goal may be to touch your shins, but then once you touch your shins, you realize, okay, well now I got to go for my ankles. Well, now I got to go for my toes. Like it's never ending, you know. So you have to be comfortable in your progress, but not cocky, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Still know that there's room to grow always, and just push the dial one percent each day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. What, what, what are some of the? Um, and, and you've covered a lot of questions that I had, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in the context of um, when I the questions I had when I first got into yoga. Um, is, is this a practice that if you, so we talked about the mental aspects, but from like a physical, is this something that you would say, uh, would be good for, uh, we know it's flexibility, but like weight loss or anything like that?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. As I said, the various forms, let's cross our legs. The various forms of yoga can get your heart rate up where we're in right now. I know they can't see, but this is a heated room. I mean, if you were to come to class and you have your Fitbit on, I'm pretty sure in one of Georgette's classes with the heat, with the uh, repetition, the quick movements, you're going to burn calories, you know, and so I, it can be that for weight loss, you know. Um, in in yoga, we teach you about an intention. When we start a class, we usually say set an intention for the class. Right. And whether it's weight loss or any goal that you have, setting an intention and making sure that your movements, your actions align to that intention, right? So for me, if it's weight loss, it's gonna be like, okay, let me try to go today without getting fast food or without, you know, drinking too much, whatever it is that I feel like is fueling my weight gain, right? And it's the same thing in yoga practice is gonna be like, well, let me try today to really keep my breath because let's go round and around. When life gets complicated, we lose our breath, right? When you see people who have anxiety attacks, they're breathing from the chest. It's (sighs) It's like rapid from the chest. But in order to calm that down, you breathe from the belly, breathe deep within the lungs. You calm your heart rate down. You calm everything down. That stress, it just disappears, right? Or starts to disappear. Let's go the opposite direction opposite direction so yes I think it can be an aid for weight loss it can be an aid for strength cardiovascular we tapped on that I think for me most important balance I have people that come to my class I have strong guys that like are the epitome of like some Adonis or Hercules Mm -hmm. super strong Mm -hmm. and then we go to put their arms up and they're like "Ah!" (laughs) I got no flexibility. Right. Or I have girls that are super flexible doing the splits and stuff, but they're not strong. They can't hold plank for a minute or anything like that. But regardless to where people are at, everyone struggles with balance Yeah. and the ability to balance. And then if you're going to fall to be able to roll with yourself as you get older, that's important. Just balance is important. And like I said, it's one of those things people take for granted. So, yes, we'll bring our hands together up. Our palms come to our heart center. The light in me honors the light in you. I thank you for sharing this practice.
0: I appreciate you. Thank you. This is is good. We got to definitely, like, do this again.
1: Yes. Namaste.
0: Namaste. What does namaste mean? The
1: light in me honors the light in you.
0: What language is that? Uh, probably Sanskrit. Probably Sanskrit, okay, yeah. Yes. Namaste. Namaste. I think that was good. That was good.